tribute to Double Star Observer and our friend Blake Nancaro on episode 355 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. I'm Chris and joining me is Shane. We're amateur astronomers who love looking up the night sky. And this podcast is for everyone who enjoys going out under the stars. And unfortunately, Shane, we have some sad news to share with the listeners. Our friend uh, Blake Nancaro uh, has passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, when you uh, mentioned or when you told me about that yesterday, uh, it was first of all surprising and shocking. And, uh, you know, then the emotions followed through. Uh, Certainly sad to... Uh, see Blake pass. Uh, he was a, you know, I didn't know him nearly as well as you, but I certainly enjoyed the the conversations that we had and uh, liked having him on the podcast and uh, certainly somebody I would have liked to get to know uh, better. Yeah. And I mean, we were lucky to get, get to know him. Uh, he was recently on the show. We did a couple of recent uh, episodes there, uh, number 343 and 344. So um, hardly just over, uh, I guess, uh, 10 episodes or so ago. And uh, he had actually reached out because he wanted to do a couple shows. And I, I really didn't know, um, you know, the, the state of his his condition and and uh, all the particulars of what was going on with him. But uh, always happy to to oblige. And so uh, happy that we recorded those shows. And also uh, way back just over a year ago, uh, we did episode 230 with him on uh, Double Stars. But Blake was a... a pretty good friend of mine uh knew him for about i guess about it's about 10 or 11 years and he and i uh, sort of got together because he was working on this double star program i was aware of blake because he's he was a volunteer in the RASC. he'd been a member since 2007 and a pretty good observer and sort of somebody who was making a lot of contributions and then when i was observing chair he had put forward this uh, double star program and we had gone back and forth uh, a fair bit on the program. But uh, I have to admit, I I only did just review the program. I, I may have observed a couple stars, uh, but all, all the work was was on Blake's side. He spent uh, quite a bit of time making up uh, that beautiful program. But I think you've spent a little bit of time uh, with the program, maybe more than I have even, Shane. Yeah, I've I've really been enjoying it. Um, a lot of my backyard observing um, is double stars, particularly when uh, the prominent planets aren't up to observe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we've talked about, double stars very observable even from light polluted skies, which makes them uh, you know an interesting object. But uh, in and of themselves, I just find them fascinating. And um, you know, when when the RASC released Blake's list, I was pretty excited. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's got a local flavor for us, being it's a Canadian list. It's not a Canadian that that, list, yeah, yeah, not not that that's you know the be all and end all, but it is kind of neat to me. And uh, so, yeah, it's in my observing binder. I have a binder with a number of lists that I'm working through um, and the RASC double star program is in there. So, you know, any given night, if it's clear, I'll try to knock off a few more out of that list or reobserve them because um, it's, it's similar in a way to the Messier list in my mind. So, and where I'm going with this is, um, you know, Messier or, or the Messier list is often regarded as, um, some of the brighter, bigger, nicer objects to look at in the night sky. And certainly it, it doesn't have all of them, you know, it's missing some that, you know, would, would probably be fitting for a list like that, such as the, uh, uh, the double cluster. Um, but anyway, back to the double star list. It's really a list of some of the premier doubles in the night sky that are mm-hmm. either, you know, very interesting uh, orientation or alignment to each other, 
uh, or maybe the uh, the color contrast. There, there's a bunch of nuances there, and I think Blake did an amazing job to find some of the best doubles that are out there that are also not like super challenging, requiring you know 18 inches of aperture. Like they're very accessible, so mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a wonderful list in my opinion. Yeah, and and uh, after I was observing chair, our friend Dave Chapman stepped in and was observing chair. Dave's been on the show numerous uh, times, and then. When Dave was stepping aside as observing chair, uh, he recommended, uh, well, there was another observing chair and won't get into that, but that person ended up uh, quitting suddenly um, for, for sort of non-astronomical reasons, I should say. And then um, Dave had put forward Blake and Blake and I then uh, really began communicating quite a bit. Previous to that, we had really just communicated mostly on the, uh, on the double stars and a few other items over the years to so sort of you know, uh, have a lot of similar interests. But after he became the observing chair, um, you know, we really did communicate, uh, like I was telling you before the show, probably uh, every few weeks or so on average, at least once a month. And uh, yeah, he did a wonderful job as observing chair. You know, uh, running a committee and committees always have such a bad uh, reputation. That's probably a fair thing to say, I think, Shane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. But I'll tell you, you know, the way that Blake ran a committee, I've been on lots of committees over the years at, at work and in other volunteer agencies and with the uh, RESC. And he absolutely, I, I think, as far as the committee work itself uh, went, he did the best job out of anybody I've ever seen. He had a very excellent way of creating a collaborative environment for people. And he wouldn't do all the work. Uh, he would really not just leave it up to the chair to do the work. He would really sort of draw people in. And he had a just a great way of doing that. I remember uh, he he sort of had talked to me because I wasn't on the observing committee at that point. And I rejoined and I was witnessing this. And I thought, wow, he's, he's so much better at being the chair of the observing committee than I ever was, for example. And, and he did a far better job than than myself and uh, and many of the, of, of the other chairs in any of the organizations have done, uh, just for the simple fact that he, he would really involve people in the process. So uh, even though he's no longer our chair, he was serving as, as chair up into uh, his his passing there on September 1st. Um, you know, I, I, the, the committee will continue on and and will continue to function uh, quite well simply because of the way that uh, that he ran the committee. So really hats off to him for how he did that. Yeah, yeah. It really sounds like he's left quite the legacy, you know, with uh, what he did there with the observing chair um, and then also with the double star uh, observing list. And, you know, I me not knowing him very well, I'm sure there's a, a bunch of other bullets that could be added under that list, too. Yeah, he did some some great stuff. He he was trained and and I think did some of the training to run the uh, uh, David Dunlop Observatory telescopes, including he he ran the seventy four inch telescope there for uh, public outreach, which is oh, wow. no small feat. Yeah, wow. Have you ever looked through that? I, I never have. It was sort of one of those things where they were just getting it online when when I moved. I think there was like one night where I theoretically could have gone before I moved, and it was it was like just like the week I, I moved from Ontario and, and it was cloudy, but Clark, um, Muir, our, our friend Clark had, had gone down, but, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't able to, to attend that. Hopefully I will one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be quite, uh, quite the experience. I'm sure. 
He also wrote uh, uh, journal articles in our RASC journal, and his uh, bi-monthly, it comes out every other month, uh, his bi-monthly column was called Binary Universe. Mostly it revolved around astronomy software. He was an astronomy software trainer and a very excellent one. I, I had attended uh, several of his sessions. He'd helped me out personally with my own you know, software from, from time to time. Uh, not really something I'm, I'm as into as, as you know, but uh, it was always really great to have him uh, as a resource. One thing we were talking about doing uh, as recently as six weeks ago was having him back on the show in uh, in the early uh, autumn or, or September here uh, to to talk about those uh, uh, those planetarium softwares that he, mm. uh, he he likes so much. Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. Um... Oh, well, I guess, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess still fortunate that we had him on as many times as we did. Mm -hmm. And he loved the show. He, he really did. Uh, we talked about the show quite a bit. We had lots of conversations and he was a supporter of the show and, and that, that will be missed. It was always fun to, uh, to do a show and then, uh, be chatting to him and, and he would have, have, have listened to it. And sometimes, uh, you know, uh, have the odd critique or say, Oh, what we should do is I should come on and talk about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, let's, let's do that. And then, so in, uh, in the spring, he had come forward with, uh, with a few ideas and, um, yeah, it, it did take a little while to kind of get that coordinated. And I think that's when I kind of realized something maybe, uh, uh, more was going on behind the scenes there, but of course, you know, uh, you don't like to pry, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, so you just kind of want to have those conversations and, uh, you know, to, to be honest, it probably was, was for the better because I think we were able to have some really fun astronomy chats and have them on the show. And he was actually helping me out, um, a little bit with the uh, RESC observers calendar, uh, as recently as the end of, end of July, um, but his activity uh, in life, unfortunately, really started to wind down uh, the past month. And of course, unfortunately, passed away September uh, 1st. But uh, Shane, sort of back to the double stars that mm -hmm. uh, that, that were one of, one of Blake's very uh, focused interests in astronomy. He had a very, very focused way about him. Uh, but you were very kind because yesterday I... I wasn't having a great day after I received that news and uh, you were actually kind enough to go through and curate a bit of a list here for us. And maybe I'll just turn it over to you here for a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked uh, already quite a bit about the double star program for the RASC that Blake created. So uh, just a quick recap. Uh, it's a list of 110 doubles. Um, if you're interested in this list, it's available to anybody in the world. You, you don't have to be an RASC member to get the resources. Um, the only, uh, the only thing you would miss out on being a non-member is if you complete the list, you won't get the certificate, uh, to, uh, commemorate that, uh, accomplishment. So, um, if you're interested, go check it out, rasc.ca, um, and you know, you'll be able to navigate to the observing programs and, and find it there. And, uh, there's a number of different resources. There's, um, like an observing log that's built already for you, uh, for this list. Uh, there's a description list, a checklist, 
uh, and there's a few files that if you want to use Stellarium or Sky Safari, uh, it's, uh, those files are there as well. So it just makes, uh, makes this list a lot easier for you if you uh, are interested. Um, I just look it up. Sorry. I just looked up real quick. It's RASC.ch slash double dash stars, strangely enough. And then you can go through and he has like a whole, uh, set of documents there on a, you know, quick start guide and, and uh and another guide for uh working through the list sorry go ahead no no i appreciate that um so the nice thing with this list and i think i mentioned it but it, it's it's a very accessible list you don't need giant telescopes to split these doubles um i've been using exclusively three and four inch refractors no issues um the, they've all been fairly fairly easy to separate. In fact, I'm kind of curious now that I'm talking about this, of, of maybe trying the list with uh, my 50 millimeter or maybe like Whoa. a 60 millimeter and just seeing how far I can get. Hmm. Um, I think I would run into some struggles with the 50 uh, with some of them because uh, some of them would be a little tight, I guess, for a little telescope like that. But certainly, um, you know, it's worth giving a try because some of these are even splittable naked eye and some uh, are splittable with binoculars. So hmm. uh, like I say, it's it's very accessible. Um, so when we had Blake on, uh, I believe is episode two, three, zero, uh, to talk about this list, uh, at the end of the episode, Blake gave his favorites from the list. So I, I, I collected a f um, pretty much all of them. Uh, there are a few more. So if you're interested in that, I really, really recommend going back to have a listen of that episode. Um, you know, Blake does a far better job than I am of explaining the list and also gets into like a little bit of the science behind doubles, uh, you know, classifications, uh, measuring uh, angles and distance. Uh, there's a lot of uh, great information there, but uh, so some of Blake's favorites, uh, I'll, I'll just go in order of season. So for winter, uh, he said his favorite or what he would recommend on that list is Phi Tauri, which is in Taurus. Um, now, if you go to the RASC website and take a look at the resources, he's got description like observing notes or observing descriptions of what these things look like. So I've also captured that. And for each one of these, I'll just quickly read what Blake said about that particular double. So for Phi Tori, he said, widely separated, uh, intense colors, golden blue, uh, unrelated, bright orange slash red star opposite of the B. Um, I've looked at this uh, pairing. It's beautiful. Um, and this is this really is an example of, of one of the reasons why I really love observing doubles uh, is because of those intense colors that Blake references. Uh, seeing color through the telescope is often challenging or not even uh, not really an option for a lot of objects. We just see a lot of uh, grayscale things you know when we look through the telescope uh, but when you get some of these interesting double star systems you can really have some color popping and phi tori is a, a great example of that uh, moving on to spring blake recommended uh core uh caroli caroli core coroli. Core coroli, yeah in uh, canis venetici um so his notes on this one uh main very white blue partner, pale yellow, green, but he had a question mark there in the notes, which is very interesting to me. Um, mm. I've looked at this one again, it's another beautiful pairing, uh, but I want to go back now just to see if I can see what, uh, like this color that he's describing of a pale yellow green, mm -hmm. I'm assuming because there's a question mark there, 
he maybe wasn't a hundred percent confident in that observation. Cause sometimes these colors are a little fleeting, you know, it might be like a blinking star uh, either cause it's variable or low on the horizon. And sometimes that can influence the color that you're perceiving. So uh, I'm kind of curious about that. And, you know, if anybody has looked at this uh, particular double, I'd be super interested in hearing what you saw, uh, what your observing notes would be if you saw that pale yellow green or maybe something else. Mm -hmm. um, but Blake's notes for this one go on. Uh, it says uh, fairly close, uh, easy to separate at 40 times. And then he says nice at 48 times with an exclamation mark. And I found that very interesting too, Chris, that you know, he's recording the difference of an observation, uh, you know, with magnification change of just eight times, which to me isn't a lot, but, um, you know, the fact that he noted it and put the exclamation mark there, uh, really indicates that, um, you know, something happened <laughs> 48 yeah. times to, to make it more appealing. Yeah. Kind of neat. Uh, summertime, uh, we've talked about this one on multiple episodes, but, uh, Blake highlighted it. Um, and this is, uh, Epsilon one Lyra in Lyra, uh, also known as the double double. Um, so his notes, uh, go on here. So he says, AB, uh, tight pair to the North. Uh, the pair is the same color white. And then he goes on. Uh, with the A, B, comma, C, D. So, you know, it's it's two sets of doubles, essentially. Uh, so, you know, that's why it has the name, the double double. And then Blake goes on to say, Tim Horton's star uh, with a smiley face emoji and, and an exclamation mark. Uh, that probably really only resonates with Canadians, but, um, you know, I'll let you do your homework if you're not familiar yeah. with that reference. <laughs> little, little, uh, there's some astronomical Timbits there, maybe? Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Uh, Blake goes on to say, easy in binoculars. Now, you know, just to be clear, what's easy in binoculars is seeing the AB and the CD. You're not going to split the AB or the CD with just binoculars. Um, and then he says, uh, can you see it naked eye? Question mark. And uh, Chris, have you ever seen the AB and the CD naked eye? No, no, no. Okay. Have I, you? I yeah, I have uh, under dark skies. Um, once once you know the location of that kind of okay. within Lyra, it's it's actually not that difficult. So okay. certainly it's worth giving a try. Okay. Um, so he says uh, he finishes that just saying white. So the A B and the C D will appear as just white stars. Hmm. Uh, then he goes on to say C D. Uh, so is a tight pair to the south, slightly different colors, subtle. Uh, 90 degree angle to the AB alignment. Um, so again, I find this interesting. Um, you know, Chris too, when I, when I do a lot of these lists, I just, I just look for the object and record my own observing notes. And I often don't pay any attention to somebody else's observing notes simply because I don't want to be influenced. Uh, I want, you know, my perception to be recorded. And then I like to go back and compare my observation with, you know, in this case, it would be Blake's just mm -hmm. to see if we're seeing the same things. And, um, I've not noticed this slight different colors, uh, in the CD. Um, now I probably haven't looked for it either. So, <laughs> so I do want to go back and have another look at, uh, the double double and in particular the CD pair, uh, just to see if I can pull out any color difference. You know, he does note that it's subtle. Um, but I'm still curious. And, uh, the other thing I like about this observing note is how it finishes just with the 90 degree angle to the AB alignment. Um, just very descriptive. And sometimes, 
Uh, you know, I, I know myself and others have written us about this. Sometimes you wonder what should you record when you're looking at some of these objects. And, uh, you know, I think that's a great way to, uh, or, or a great consideration for uh, uh, double star observing is just to record those types of nuances. Um, and then the last one that I think I'll mention here is a fall one. Uh, so really good timing uh, for us right now. Two, sorry, two, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, well, the, the last it. one I'll, I'll mention, it's more of a winter one, but, okay. um, but really, I guess for us Northern hemisphere people, it's all year. So, um, but anyway, the fall one is 59 Andromeda, uh, in Andromeda and Blake's notes are wide pair yellow and blue. And now if you're with me so far, you're thinking, well, that doesn't sound too you know, too, too wonderful other than some different colors, <laughs> you know, not a lot of words here, but he finishes it off by just adding, wow. <laughs> and if you go through, if you go through all of the notes, he does that on a few of these pairs of, you know, wow, or amazing or whatever. And, um, uh, you know, Blake is a very, from, from my limited interactions with him, you know, he's a very, um, precise kind of direct speaker. And, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, he's not overly verbose. So no. while there's not a lot of words here, uh, I think that just the words he's chosen indicate that this is a, a pretty outstanding pair. So, uh, this one's pretty easy to find and, and split, uh, might even be able to do it with binoculars. So, uh, that's another good one. And then the last one here that you're referencing, Chris is, uh, I think it's WZ Cassiopeia. Uh, in Cassiopeia. It's one of the others, like I mentioned, you know, Blake called out these four, but then he went on and and probably rattled off another three or four that were of interest to him uh, that mm -hmm. he likes going back to. And this was one of them. Um, so like I said, if, if you're interested in double stars, uh, maybe because you're already an avid double star observer, or maybe you're just considering getting into double star observing, really uh, go back and have a listen to 230, uh, episode 230. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll, you'll probably get a lot of good information and enjoyment out of that episode. And then, you know, go to the RASC's site, uh, rasc.ca, uh, forward slash double, uh, dash stars, uh, for all of the details. Yeah, it's a, it's a great resource. Like you said, it's uh, free. Anybody can go and, and download the program. Uh, if, if you want to get the certificate, then you, you can become an RESC member, and uh, certainly Blake was. Uh, he and I spent a lot of time chatting about the RESC, uh, you know, and and really, I guess maybe the best way to frame it is and how to make the RESC better. If you're somebody that wants to help us in that endeavor, we welcome you from wherever you are in this world. So that'd be good. Look, thanks so much for going through that, Shane. There's no way I could have listened to that show uh, yesterday. I really was kind of a little bit useless there for a little mm -hmm. while. So I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I enjoyed Blake's uh, conversations and his uh, fascination and love of double stars. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a great observer, very meticulous, uh, did a lot, did a, a lot of programming for the RESC, both in person volunteering, doing outreach, as well as doing a lot of software training in that even up in into uh into the last uh, weeks of his life and uh yeah he'll be uh he'll be missed greatly by myself and i know many many other people a lot of people knew him uh like you had a few contacts with him a lot of people knew him better better than me but uh 
certainly I'm better for having known him. So with that, maybe we'll just leave it there. So uh, anything to add, Shane? No, that's everything for me, Chris. All right. Well, dear listeners, uh, please subscribe and do us a favor and share the show with other Stargears. As you know, you can always send us your ideas, observations, and questions to actualastronomy at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com. 